Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Loftus Party Podcast. My name is Michael, and I'm going to be your host and comedic Sherpa through this journey into a wonderland of knowledge. We got a fun show for you today. Uh, I'm pretty stoked. Uh, my friend Emily Austin is on the show. You know Emily uh, from all over television. You've seen her on on Gutfeld. You've seen her on her own show, her own show, The Hoop Chat with Emily Austin. Thank goodness that she got that job because her name was already in the title. So uh, we've got a fantastic couple of segments with, with Emily. We're talking about Israel. We're talking about politics. We're talking about The Hoop Chat, all of the above. And then... Uh, here's what's going to happen, kids. We're all going to skate over to Patreon and uh, and Locals. That's that's where we're going to get into all of the news, all of the stuff that you want to chit-chat about. So the show just keeps getting better. It's kind of beyond my control. It's an avalanche of goodness. Uh, let's kick it off with the interview with Emily Austin, and then we'll see you over on Locals and Patreon. Here's Emily and myself. Good news, everybody. We've got Emily Austin on the show. Now, this is, she's my new favorite person from the Gutfeld show. That's right, Greg. I said it out loud. Uh, that's, that's where you and I met. Emily, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. By the way, you're my favorite human being on Gutfeld and off Gutfeld. Yeah, that was great. All right. Thanks for being on the show. I got everything I needed. <laughs> okay. So you, you, you told me like right before we started, your, your neighborhood is doing battle with COVID. Yeah, everyone has COVID. So, I mean, I got really sick around New Year's. What a way to start the year. Yeah. Um, Still ferociously fighting a runny nose, but I was negative for COVID. But then everyone's like, oh, I just got over COVID. And I'm like, bitch, didn't I see you last week? Like, you were just out and about with COVID. But everyone's like confessing that they're recovering from COVID. And I'm like, what is this? What is this recent outbreak? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, elections are coming up. Yes. Yeah. Well, have you heard about the new one? Have you heard about the new one? They're talking about it like uh, Davos, the World Economic Forum and all that. They're talking about getting ready for uh, Disease X. Yay. It's terrifying. Oh, yeah. and here's another one. Here's another one. Uh, they, they, they're, they're reporting that like China is messing around with some new kind of virus uh, I, that has a 100% death rate in, in rats. What do we do? What do we do? I don't know. It's like. I just saw that literally right before I hopped on. I was on uh, Twitter. Yeah. And I'm, first of all, why? Second of all, why announce it? Isn't that kind of counterproductive to your agenda in a way? Like, you know kill what? Silent. Don't be like, hey, beaches, we're going to kill you now. Which that's, is kind of silly. No, that's a, gr that's a great point. Why announce it? Uh, I, guess, I guess you announce it because you, you want people to know. I, I think it's like... Uh, you know, Taiwan wants to be their own country still. And China's just saying, hey, uh, if you want, we could just we could kill everybody. We could kill everybody. Yeah, sounds about right. Definitely smart. So here's here's what uh, I bitch about all the time on this show. And, and then and then we'll move on to sunnier topics. 
but like uh no one's in trouble for covid like if, if you if you go on the world health organization's website and you look at their numbers like let's just pretend that they're honest okay that's a little make-believe they're saying over seven million people uh are dead and from covid and i'm not hearing about any like tribunals or fact-finding missions or anything don't you think that's a little weird yeah but at the same time it's like i guess this is what happens when well first of all in america fauci 100 percent has to go down as one of the biggest bio warfare criminals of all time because despite not having any fact behind the whole COVID outbreak he decided to just lie about everything and then funnily enough didn't he just come out admitting that he lied about everything and we're kind of just choosing to yes I don't know not make a big deal out of it it's it's like the crazy I, I i bring this up with my awesome guests like yourself because i just need that reminder that i'm not crazy because like fauci just admitted like the other day he's like yeah that whole uh six feet of uh social distance we just kind of made that up we we just kind of made that up oh, like what? what the hell you're not allowed to do that yeah i mean i guess when you're working for a corrupt administration you can do whatever you want it's an, you know what it is. We we spoke about this on Gutfeld. It's a, it's an administration of liars. Now, why do they lie? Because they actually aren't really doing anything great for the American people, so they don't have a choice. And when there's like a, a diseased outbreak, you know, you're supposed to get a grip on it. So what do you do if you don't? The right answer is get a grip on it. But the Biden administration answer is just lie and pretend we have it all figured out at our country's expense, which to them seemed like the right thing to do. And that's exactly what they did. And then we speak about on Gutfeld a lot, KJP. She has the worst job on the planet Earth because she's working for a horrible administration that forces her to have to lie about everything because they don't know how to handle running a country. <sighs> they, they really, they really don't. And it's what it's like you have to go out of your way to get it this wrong, to get it this. I was like, OK, so. I'm, I'm guessing we're we're on the same side of the political football here. How stoked were you about Iowa, about the Iowa results? I have to say, although I, I did predict Trump would win, I didn't think it would be by that much, which to me was kind of like not a big F you to everyone else because, you know, I, I have respect for each of the candidates. I don't feel like the problem is like between the Republican Party. I think the real fight's between I don't even want to say between Democrats and Republicans, but just, you know, who's going to run this country better? And I think after the damage that's been done the last couple of years, we most definitely need a Republican to set the country straight. But I guess it was a huge eye opener to how, like, I always say, I think Trump's going to win the next election. And if, would I put money on that? Yes. Would it be super confident of me? No. But after the caucus, I know it's still a small state, but I do feel better now about confidently saying that Trump's going to win this next election. And what really made me happy was Vivek's maturity and class and dignity into stepping out. He saw it was his time. He acknowledged it, respect that, have to respect that. Yeah. And now he's putting all of his supporters behind Trump, which is a win for Trump, in my opinion. Listen, you might not like Vivek as a president. You might have your own thoughts about him. The guy is a genius. He's a great communicator. He's schooling the woke left. And I think it's a win for Trump to have someone like that on his side. And I think, you know, if the other candidates acknowledge that uh, they should be doing the same, Vivek's a great example as someone who's kind of doing it right. 
Um, what I didn't think about, like, to me, the reason I wasn't super stoked about the caucus as a whole was because I know Trump's going to take the nominee for the Republican Party. But what I didn't realize was there is still a chance, there is still a chance Trump does be get indicted or end up in prison or whatever it is. And then technically second place in the caucus, we could say for now, is going to reflect who the nominee will be. So I, I didn't really take that into consideration when watching it. I was just like, oh, I knew it. Trump's going to win. But then I'm like, shit, what if he goes to jail? Well, you know, it's it's so strange. But like, I I just can't imagine him like going to jail, even if a court like the New York thing, which is just insane to me. It's like, OK, you said your property was worth X amount of dollars. And then the bank said it was worth Y amount of dollars. And you guys agreed on a deal. They gave you a loan. You paid it back. And now you're in trouble. Like, like that to me is just fucking crazy that New York has like brought this case, found him guilty. And, and then it's all it's, it's all just like a, a sentencing thing now. But like if they were to try to put Donald Trump in jail, I, I think that I think the country there's a big part of the country that'll just like lose their minds. I think I think it would put him over the top. I think it would help him. Can he win from jail? Is that possible if everyone just writes his name in? That would be great. That would be great. We did. We did a uh, I don't know if you knew this, but I do this sketch comedy show called uh, That Show Tonight uh, and we film it out on on Long Island, uh, out out there in Ronkonkoma, because I know you're a long you're a Long Island girl. And, And we did a skit where Trump was president in jail. And uh, he's like, you know, I'm president. I can leave whenever I want. But uh, I got some other cellmates down here. I got Obama and Hillary. And he was just he was just in his prison uniform because he wanted to make the rest of the prisoners not feel bad. But he was he was still running the country and he was doing great. It's hysterical. I love that. It was it was very funny. You're going to have to come out to a show. You're going to have to come out to a show. I should. I need to. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I, I think politically we're we're going to be okay. I know you've been very vocal uh, about what's been going on in in Israel, and it has to be. Uh, I mean, just watching the whole thing is is completely and totally insane to me. And I think this is this is like the big giant crack in the in the woke left's armor that something that horrifying can can take place in in Israel and then people are marching in the streets uh about oh oh you know Hamas just needs another try can't everybody be nice isn't that just it's it's madness yeah i mean listen on one hand as outraged as i am these assholes are showing the world their true colors so Honestly, keep at it. Thank you, Qatar, for funding them. Thank you for allowing them to expose their animosity. Now, what concerns me is the fact that despite their evilness showing loud and clear, people are still sympathizing with them because of the false facts that are being spread mostly online, but also in universities. Now, yesterday in New York or two days ago, um, that nasty Nardine Kiswani, who I debated on Pierce Morgan, 
she held a rally outside of Memorial Sloan Kettering to free Palestine. Now, why? Because the cancer hospital accepted a $400 million donation from a family that believes that Israel has the right to exist. So they accepted a donation to treat sick cancer patients. They decided to go out there and scream on bullhorns at the windows. And you see little kids like glancing out the windows, like little bald kids watching these disgusting human beings protest outside their window. Now, as outrageous as that is, the fact that there are people sympathizing with it and going, hell yeah, free Palestine. You're not freeing Palestine by that. Did you call Hamas to let them know that you harassed cancer patients today and now the war is over? What did you accomplish? And then something else that really pissed me off this morning, now I'm just ranting, is <laughs> a video to bring the hostages home. Who disagrees with that? How can you disagree with bringing innocent women and babies and children and fathers and bro- how how can you disagree that these people, you know, don't have a right to get home when they were stolen from their homes on October 7th? But again, to my surprise, at this point, shame on me, people disagreed with that. And I'm like, how do monsters roam this earth? And like, can you go to Gaza and just go like free Palestine over there maybe so you can be out of my face? Yeah, that's that's really where as 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 lame as it may sound, you want to take these people who are, you know, protesting and go, I'm going to buy you a plane ticket and and you can go you can go over there and you can help out and let's see how well you get along. Let's see. Let's if if you could if you uh, if you gaze for Palestine, if you guys could grab some uh, some mops and buckets, we need these tunnels cleaned up. So yeah. if you could go over and volunteer, that'd be great. It would be amazing. So amazing. Yeah, and it's it is it is uh, the worst PR, but it's it's wild that they can even put together this many people. I mean, October seventh was so insanely shocking insanely shocking to me that was uh, a regional reset you know i used to be that guy that was like okay you know uh, let's try a two-state solution let's try it this should and i tell you it, it, it's been offered up over and over and then you have you have this attack on the seventh that like okay all bets are off the the we have to we have to kill a lot of people. They have to, the, and here's the deal. Here's, and I'm sure you've seen this, the wall between Egypt and Gaza. Have you seen that? Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't know why America is not doing exactly the same. And God knows why Israel hasn't had this for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, Egypt, for for all of the, these 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 uh these regional like neighbors of Israel and Gaza, you know they talk a lot of smack, but when push comes to shove, they're not they're not reaching out with like, hey, here's some blankets and hey, here's some food. It's like, no, we're gonna build a big ass wall with a fuck ton of razor wire on it. It's like anyone, including the Palestinians, besides the innocent civilians who are victims of this war give a damn about the Palestinians, and that includes their very own Hamas, which they elected to their own government. They don't give a damn about the Palestinians. The reason there are so many casualties is not because the IDF is so evil, it's because Hamas's best tactic is to use the civilians as human shields. 
Now everyone's like, oh, you're an IDF talking point. That's not even true. There are multiple videos that show Hamas killing Palestinians who try to flee their role as human shields. So it's like, you see the animosity that happens in this country. You see exactly what Gaza was when Israel gave it to them in 2005. It could have been Singapore. Now everyone says it, but I literally met like really big hotel owners that were talking to me. They're from Israel and they were like, we were about to build a hotel in Gaza on the beach. And then Israel gave it up to them in 2005 to try to compromise with them. And now it turned into the capital of terrorism that is used to torture and terrorize Israeli civilians. So it's like, you saw what happened when Israel messed up by giving them the land. Why would another country make the same mistake as to welcoming these refugees so they could turn their land into a terrorist haven? No, that's not racist. That's not Islamophobic. That is fact. That is the history. We tried to compromise. We as in Israel. Big mistake. You saw what happened. So these countries are smart for not making the same mistakes that Israel did. I can't blame them. And by the way, we need to break the stigma that there's something wrong with a border. It is a border. It's your land. You have the right to protect it and defend it. And if that means having a border, so be it. And I'm honestly really pissed at Israel for even allowing another attack happen in Ranana. The 17 people were ran over with a car and stabbed and the, the horrible pictures look just like October 7th. You didn't learn your lesson. Build a fucking wall. Yeah. Do it next. It's 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 wild when it's it, there's a certain part of the population, I think, that that wants to think that somehow, you know, we've evolved and we're some of this higher level and we can we're going to work out all our problems by sitting down and talking. There's still a huge part of the global population that just wants to solve every problem with violence. And you have to be ready for that. You have to constantly be. Re- it's sad to say, but you you just look around and my God, there's still slaves. There's still millions of people in slavery. You have to be ready for everything. And you know what else you have to be ready for, Emily Austin? Yes. What? Another segment. We're gonna take we're gonna take a little break. And we're I wanna talk I wanna talk about you and journalism. I wanna talk about uh about some hoops and your your sports background. Are you prepared for that? Oh yeah. <laughs> Don't get too excited. (laughs) We'll be right back. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-516-7602 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 1-800-516-7602 to take your call right now. Call 1-800-516-7602. That's 1-800-516-7602. Again, 1-800-516-7602.
We're back with more Emily Austin as we figure out uh, solutions to the world's problems. If you missed that first segment, we we totally figured out uh, world peace, right? That was you though. That was that was a lot of border stuff, which I'm all I'm all in favor of. Not about world peace, whatever. We figured out how to protect your own country. Yes. Yes, yeah, which which needs to be done. I don't. I mean, I, I'm. I always am hesitant. I, I was fortunate enough many moons ago uh, to go over to Israel and uh, and do stand up. It was a, a a phenomenal trip. It was a phenomenal trip, and it's and I'm sure I'm sure you've been. Yeah. Yeah, I just got back. I mean, I went after the war to go bear witness. Yeah. Oh, it was vicious. It was brutal. But I. Uh, Israel not in wartime, which is great. I was I was shocked when I went, and this was like a peaceful time, but it's like Israel is gorgeous and, really- and green and and wonderful. And man, you you literally like cross a road into like Arab controlled territory, and it's like, okay, this is a problem. This this is this is a real problem. Whoever is supposed to be helping these people, they're not. I mean, they don't have they, their roads are crap. There's nothing green. It's 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 a huge tragedy, and uh, and and they're 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 being used. And I, ooh, if I was if I was, you don't want me to run Israel. You really don't. You're not prepared for the hell I would unleash. Oh, man, I always say that. I'm like, y'all are lucky I'm not the president or the prime minister. Right? <laughs> I would, I would it, oh, it would be solved super fast. Okay, we're going we're gonna to take a, a, a little bit of a step back. I want to talk about uh, you and journalism. You and, like, uh, and, and hoop chat. You and, uh, what, was your, what was your first foray into, like, the whole interview when did you know you wanted to do this? Uh, shout out to China. It happened during COVID because prior to COVID, I was what you can call, I guess, a normal college student studying pre-med. Uh, my entire life, I really had my mind and heart set on being like a pediatric oncologist. And I'm a great test taker. I killed my SATs, got into a great program for undergrad and then med school right after at Hofstra University. And COVID hits in my second year, maybe, yeah, entering my second year of Hofstra. Yeah. And now I'm stuck at home with ample time on my hands. So what do women do? We overthink. And in my overthinking, I realized I love medicine. I love children. I hate cancer. And I'd like to help kids. But I just don't see myself in school till I'm 30. So it wasn't even I was against medicine or the career. I'm just not like the student that could sit there in the library all day and study and study and study. I could if I wanted to, but I decided during COVID that I don't want to do that. And I'm I'm too, I don't know, social and outgoing to lock myself in a dorm or a library till I'm 33 by the time you get out of residency. So now I'm kind of in like this existential crisis where I'm like, I thought my whole life I'd be a doctor. I'm good at it. So what do I do now? So I'm just brainstorming my grandfather's like favorite thing. Oh, there's Duffy going off. My grandfather's favorite thing. That's a puppy right there. By the way, he's like a 12 pound little Maltese. 
He sounds like a dog. Really? Oh, yeah. I'll wait for him. That's a great bark. That sounds like a much bigger dog. Hold on, I'm muting myself and yelling at him. <laughs> so, so if you're if you're paying attention, Emily has a 300 pound Labrador Retriever that yeah. she's named Duffy. <laughs> Back to the story before Duffy's commercial break. No, um, that's great. That that's the best. You want that. You want your dog to like suddenly start barking because that's how you know shit just got real. That's a that's great. Okay. So it's COVID. You're going to you were going to be pre, you were uh pre-med? Yeah, I wanted to be a surgeon. Um and Wow. Then, you know, in the back of my mind growing up, my parents and my grandfather would always tell me, "Oh, Emily could be the next Megan Kelly." Now, Lord knows why they said that. I wasn't <laughs> definitely not as pretty as her growing up. Um or as educated in terms of like politics or journalism or any of that. Like I was, like I said, I'm upset on medicine. But now overthinking during COVID, realizing I don't want to do medicine, I realized journalism could be a cool alternative. But like, where do I start? I don't have a billionaire dad or, right. you know, a famous uncle that could kind of like take me under their wing and help me into journalism, let alone even a friend in the career. So Conveniently, Hofstra had a great journalism program, so I didn't even have to switch schools, which was fantastic. Now, I ended up leaving Hofstra after three years of journalism because they became so woke and unbearable and anti-Semitic, which is a whole different story. Screw you guys. I went to the dean and verbatim, I told her this. I, like, X is happening, Y is happening. They're discriminating against me for trying to be a working student like i was media credential to go to the super bowl in my junior year and my professor said if you go to the super bowl i'm going to fail you because you're missing too much class now i was missing two classes by going to the super bowl and then he told me you're only on camera because you're a jew or something really nasty like Whoa. my dean and of course my loudmouth self complained because what else am i going to do and they didn't do anything about it in fact they said oh no he never said that he just said xyz So I went to her and I said, listen to me, if I feel one more time like I'm being treated unfairly because I'm ahead of the game or because I'm a Jew, I will leave Hofstra. I will become the most famous alumni you've ever had, and I'll make it known how shitty you guys are. And she kind of like laughed it off. She was great, by the way. My dean was fine. Just the professors were really woke. And um, that's what I did. I left. I signed up to Toro online, which is a Jewish school. I did like undergrad kind of pre-law. There goes Duffy. And after that, I, I never really looked back. Like, I, I didn't look back at Hofstra. I kind of had this new career set in my mind of journalism um, yeah. into sports journalism because, funnily enough, at the time, Mike, I hated politics. Yeah. So so hold on. I want to go back to – so how did you get your journalism credentials to, to go to the Super Bowl? How do, how do you even – how do you do that? Um, I don't know, actually. Sirius XM – was doing a big radio program for Radio Row in the Super Bowl. And yeah. I'm presented by Wasserman. So my agent, okay, Duffy won't shut up. I'm going to, like, kill him. Um, Duffy's my, very excited that you're on this program. And Duffy's I mean, heard a lot about theloftestparty.com. He knows. He subscribed. Um, <laughs> my agent got me the credential. I, I'm represented by Wasserman. Okay. Um, but still, I was kind of freaking out because I felt like I was so young and I was like, maybe I'm not going to be good at this, but I killed yeah, it. Yeah, so I, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly impressed. 
how how old were you when when you're gonna like just hop on a plane and go interview people at the Super Bowl? I was was I maybe just turned no, I was turning twenty. I was nineteen. Shut the hell up. That's awesome. That's a feather in your cap, sister. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think when I was nineteen. If I was when I was nineteen and somebody goes, Hey, we want you to go to the Super Bowl and interview people, I, I would have been like I just would have flipped out. I wouldn't have been able to handle it. Then let alone having a having my college professor say, no, you, you, you can't. And they only asked you because you're a Jew. Oh, my God. That's crazy. It was it was disgusting because I was like I was very naive then as to like what anti-Semitism was. And then looking, yeah. I realized how much more of it I've encountered than I realized just because I'm not. Generally, I'm not such a sensitive person in terms of like, I don't care about my haters. I don't care if you attack my looks or my personality. Like, I don't really care unless I know you personally or I value your opinion. But yeah. looking back, I'm like, damn, that was a lot of anti-Semitism. But you kind of just like. <laughs> <laughs> it it is. Uh, what now? Do you have any? You have to have thought about it. Why do you think that is? It seems like. Is is the attack on Israel just shedding a light on it now, or oh, do you absolutely. think that it's just been building? And like, what do you think is behind it? That's that's the question. Um, huh. I mean, I don't know exactly. I feel like every person has a different reason, and none of them are justified. Right. I spoke to someone. This was actually my fault. Oh, this is so my fault. Somebody in co- a lot of people in college asked me out. And it was very easy for me to reject them by just saying, which isn't even true, by the way, but it was an easy way out, by saying, oh, I can't date you because I'm Jewish, which I didn't really even feel at the time. Yeah. It wasn't the reason I was rejecting them at all. It was just a get out of jail free card. Exactly. Now, fast forward Ah. years, one of the kids bumps into me and he's being really nasty. And it was like so unnecessarily nasty. And I'm like, what's your problem? And he's like, because you effing Jews think you're better than us. Whoa. Why do you think that? And he goes, oh, because I wasn't Jewish. I wasn't good enough for you. Then I was like, listen, hey, I, I said no to you because I think you're a loser, not because you're not Jewish. <laughs> this, has, this has nothing about your religion. This has everything to do with your physical appearance and your <laughs> mental abilities. So then I was like thinking. to that destroy that him. <laughs> Screw you for that, because to some extent, I felt like responsible for that. Yeah. Same time, it's like you can't generalize the Jewish people because you had a bad encounter and you see that constantly happens. Now, another example of that is Kanye West. He said his attorney screwed him over, which let me tell you, I believe that a Jewish attorney screwed you over. But is that (laughs) a war against Jewish people and divide the black and Jewish community? Absolutely not. So I think generalize too much, which is a problem. You know, it's like the same way of saying, oh, all Christians are pedophiles and all Catholics touch little boys and all Muslims are terrorists and all Jews are cheap. Like these general, like generalizations. Wow. That was a hard word. Is scary because it can actually spread hate. Um, and I was a factor in that once, which felt horrible, but I think yeah. I'm just like, like I said, like you have one bad experience and you just generalize everyone. And then in the middle East, it's a different thing. It's like they're taught in school, the Jews are Satan and we all have horns and we're all these nasty little rat looking things. And they believe it because they don't have like a perception of what a Jewish person is in the Middle East. Yeah. Ethnically cleansed from every country. 
that was uh, when I was over there doing uh, stand up. The the it was a series of shows. Of, it was a fundraiser, uh, and it was comedy for Kobe. And Kobe was this little boy who was walking to school with his sister, and was uh, was attacked and and murdered uh, by by Arabs. And I tell you, the his parents, these beautiful beautiful people, they have a summer camp, and and to to pivot from that tragedy, and and the summer camp is for young israeli kids and young arab kids just to like just hang out it's a summer camp you hang out you do activities and uh i'm a firm believer and it's kind of hokey i guess but like racism and and anti-semitism no one's born with that shit. you you have to teach it you're learning it from somewhere uh and i, I just thought it was a, a really a beautiful thing just like getting children just just to hang out i don't know what you're being taught in school but here you're going to find out that people are just people and everybody just wants to be happy you know right nobody yeah nobody's born. kids are born so pure and then the world ruins them which is uh yeah yeah okay i want to let's 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 talk about let's talk about hoop chat let's talk about hoop chat where can i where can i be turned on to the one and only uh, Hoop Chat with Emily Austin. Well, spoiler alert, it's called The Hoop Chat with Emily Austin. And what? Yeah, can you believe that? What a name. Right? Um, it's a play on the group chat. We just talk some shit like you would in a group chat. Um, and I primarily post it on social media. So I'm going to be so honest with you. This is like my little baby. And I'm yeah. like a mediocre parent with it. I love basketball. I love talking hoops. I realized for a company is going to censor me or limit me. So I started it on my own. Um, it took off because I interview NBA players, which is very weird because, you know, I'm not a former basketball player. And many people are confused as to how I get people like NBA players on my show, which is uh, just pure luck. And um, what's the word? Persistence. But okay. Hold who was who was the first player to say yes? Because I'm sure you asked a bunch, and then someone stepped up and was like, "Yeah, I'll do the show." You're gonna, you might love this. You know him, Ennis Cantor Freedom was the first basketball player. How cool is that? Yeah, we're very good friends now. Um, very close. Obviously, politically, <laughs> we're always bumping yeah. into Fox. But this was way before any of this. This was he was on the Celtics, and I was a journalism student, and he stepped up to the plate. That's awesome. That's great. So I love this. So you're doing it on your own. You can't be canceled. You can't be unplugged. How much fun is that? Having that kind of freedom? It is. And everyone's like, oh, uh, you know, you don't post it to Spotify and Apple Music. Why? I'm lazy. But is it still working out? Yes. I, I, I listen, I'm Gen Z. We're the ADHD generation. We're like the no attention span. I get it. It's true. It's cool. Whatever it is, what it is. I like social media. I post yeah. on Instagram. Every video is under a minute and a half, if not a minute and a half. YouTube shorts, the full-length ones on YouTube. For anybody who feels like wasting 30 minutes of their time, go ahead. But I pull the highlights that I posted on socials because you know why? That's what I watch. And I'm trying to cater to like a young generation of basketball fans. Yeah. So that's what I'm supposed to do with it. And everyone's kind of like, 
you know, loving it. So why fix what's not broken? Dig it. So, so what platform, what platform do you really dig? Are you mostly like an Instagram girl or are you over on, is it X or are you TikToking it? I TikTok and Instagram. Um, my personal page is heavily censored by TikTok. For yeah. Reasons. Um, the pro-Palestinian mob flagged me for nudity and sexuality, which is funny because I'm the most like conservatively dressed person you'll ever see. <laughs> you stalk me <laughs> so much. But um, before that, I actually blew up on TikTok before any other platform. So um, I do like that for that reason. But now it's just Instagram. So do you think do you think it was just the po- the popularity of the show? You're talking about like the hoop chat blew up on on TikTok just because that's where the people were and they just didn't know to censor you yet before you were the the victim of the accusations. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, the, the the sketch comedy show I was telling you about uh, that show tonight. It was crazy. We would have uh, we started an account and like videos were just going crazy. And we had like 50,000 subs like in a week. And then we were just told, yo, you violated our terms of service. And they just canceled. They just like completely wiped us off the face of the planet. So they were like, OK, so we started a second account and they did it again it, tiktok is is weird i it's it's an exciting platform but like i don't know i i trust i trust x a lot more than uh than tiktok or, or instagram you know i love it on my main account i like I, what do you say i x away i like tweet away all the time but um i just love what it turned into after elon bought it like yes notes, i live for it i live for community notes i follow a page you should follow it it's called community notes violating, where it's just community notes like violating people. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's really funny. I'm writing that down. Community notes violating. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What What's another good account I should follow? Uh, Emily R. Austin. <laughs> I think I already do. I think I already do. But I will make. You know what? I will make quadruple sure I do. Emily. Uh, all the success in the world. I, I really, you you make me laugh. I, I thoroughly, when when I go into the green room at Gutfeld and you're back there, I'm like, okay, cool. This, <laughs> this isn't going to suck. <laughs> uh, you were my and, first, I told you this, you were my first co-host that I ever, like my first Gutfeld was alongside you. And I'm not joking. I think if it wasn't for you gassing me up, I would not have been booked again. <laughs> but you made, <laughs> no, made me look no. funnier than I was. <laughs> you ca- you carried that show. Uh-huh. Listen, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna subscribe to uh, Community Notes Violating and Emily R. Austin, not that other Emily Austin. Hell that- no. <laughs> Hell no. And I'm gonna I gotta I gotta start listening to the Hoop Chat. And support all of your independent endeavors, because that's the way. Independent journalism, independent entertainment. I'm stoked. I wish you. I wish you nothing but success, and I can't wait to see you again over on the Gutfeld show. Thank you. Me too. I hope we get we kick it back soon. All right. Now go go give Duffy like one of those big tomahawk steaks. That guy's he's earned it. No, he didn't. He deserves to get us taken away. <laughs> all right. You're fantastic. Thanks so much.
big shout out and a thank you to Emily for being on the show. We're going to have to do that again. So here's what's going to happen now. One and all. That's right. He's got a guitar. We're going to head over to uh, Locals and or Patreon. Your choice. You you get to pick. And we're going to be talking about, yes, uh, the election. And, and uh, we're going to be talking about some January 6th stuff that is... Pretty darn wild. Uh, we've been covering it over at theloftestparty.com. We got some more information for you today. We got a bunch of goobers uh, calling themselves the Patriot Front. Feds, feds, feds. <laughs> so come on over to Locals and Patreon. You're all fantastic. We will see you over there. One last question. Why are those pants still on? <laughs>